I don't know necessarily what's making me think of this. Maybe it's just the whole like making weird noises at like a public, public-ish, mm-hmm. mixed company-ish kind of event. But when I I was interning at the MIT Press for a couple of years, and I had to like. Uh, put together this website, including this video of this woman's work that they were trying to publish, and she would just do this, per, like this performance art called <laughs> called animal faces, and she would put on these masks that sort of looked like cartilage, but it had like a pinkish tint around the like nose and eyes. Sounds horrific. Yep. It was very weird looking. And then she would just be like, "I speak in the language of these animals. Here's a cat," and it was like, <laughs> It was like not an animal. It was. It would not be an actual like cat sound it would just be like some like weird fuck <laughs> I feel like she should have been on that Netflix show talking about sexy bees yeah that's what it was called I garbage I wouldn't watch it I couldn't tell you but I have to believe no. that's the case oh like I'm... oh yeah take the pupper out come here yeah. oh, you, you can go in the cage with it okay come on follow most of the sound should be <laughs> running whining should be muted out only some of that bone crunching you hear will be coming from the dog yeah how it's gonna be when you don't know me how's it gonna be when you show up Why do we watch this? The podcast where three friends get together, watch a bad movie, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and how we would fix it. Introductions all around, friends. I am Lee. Don't blame Cameron Diaz Delahanty. I am Chris. Delivered by Christmas Day, Ravel. I am Brendan. <laughs> this isn't even that funny, is it? Drishler. It's, it, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the nicknames from this episode can be found in, of course, the movie that we watch. And that movie was Something Borrowed, which I should have had open on Wikipedia. Lee, do you, what year did yeah, it come out? 2011. 2011. God, it feels earlier than that. It for really some does. It doesn't have the look of being that Based late. On the, Based on a book by Emily Griffin or something? Giffen? Giffen? <laughs> Giffen? So you think it would be. Yeah, Griffin. that's much dumber. But it's Giffen. <laughs> um, they couldn't afford the art. Okay? Yeah. It was tough times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, based on a book starring Jennifer Goodwin, Kate Hudson. And Colin Egglesfield, John Krasinski, and uh, I don't know, a bunch of other people who don't really matter. Nope. So it's a real piece of crap. It's going to conclude our summer of weddings and summer of margs. And talking about our summer of margs, the drink that we made for this movie was called Something Blue. It is a frozen margarita. To make it, you need two cups of frozen blueberries, two-thirds cup of silver tequila, two tablespoons of blue curacao, one cup of lime juice, one tablespoon of agave syrup, and 12 mint leaves, and ice! Basically, you just throw it all together into a blender with ice and blend it until the ice is crushed. Pour it in a glass, you're all set. It's a frozen marg. So we've had a regular marg, a shitty marg, and a frozen marg. That concludes our marks. really tasty. It was like, it was sweet and tart and mint, a little a little bit minty. It was. I feel like I could have upped the mint level a little bit more. if I, I was worried about making it taste like toothpaste. Mm. So I think I probably erred on the side of too little mint when I could have gone with little more mint. A little more mint. A little more mint. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> Delahanty, that's a rave. I am not really into frozen drinks mm-hmm. normally. Like I'm into like milkshakes. So if it's like a creamy thing, or if it's got like a mostly like ice cream base. Mm-hmm. But if, when it's just like ice and liquid blended up, I don't tend to like it. It tends to be too like like crystally and yeah, like, like a crunchy frosty. texture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a sort of like icy like yeah like weird sort of grainy texture that I'm not into. But it went down easy. Like I sipped it all up. Pretty yeah. Good. It did. We did a test run for our first Marg when we did our Summer of Margs, and for this one we did not. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was worried that it would negatively affect the margarita. Thankfully, everything turned out pretty okay. So, experiment success, good job, Summer of Margs, well done everyone, clap yourselves on the back. It did come out more purple than blue, but still it's beautiful. I know, it did. I mean, that's just the risk you run when you have blueberries, right? Like, if I had done it entirely blue curacao, then sure, be blue. But But then it would also just taste like blue curacao. And we also had just done a blue curacao. Right. Drink, so like I didn't really want to make us sit through not but blue curacao again. Mm-hmm. So you gotta go with something a little bit different, something blueberry. And speaking of things that are blue, something blue, all right, and it was this movie. <laughs> Good transition. Yeah, Good thank set. you. Lee, could Good. you tell us precisely what something borrowed is about? Yeah, sure. It's Rachel's 30th birthday. 
And her best friend, Darcy, is throwing her <laughs> surprise party. This is so keep cool. Going. Please keep going. <laughs> I don't know if I can commit for the whole thing. No, nope, that's all right. Do your best. Um, Rachel is a serious-minded single attorney <laughs> in New York City, and Darcy is a free-spirited young woman who seems to be Rachel's polar opposite. Darcy is engaged to the Dex, and Rachel's close friend, Ethan, is a frequent confidant. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh... Darcy gets very drunk at the party, and Dex takes her home, but returns as Darcy forgot her Chanel purse at the bar. Rachel offers to help look for it, and Dex recommends they get one last drink together for her birthday. After sharing the last drink together, Rachel, by now quite drunk herself, <laughs> confesses she always had a crush on Dex in law school. Things turn slightly awkward, and Dex gets a cap for them to share. After Rachel apologizes, Dex impulsively kisses her. They wake up the next morning in bed together to hear Darcy frantically calling Rachel since Dex never came home the night before. Flashbacks occur throughout to Rachel and Dex's time in law school, and we see them growing closer as friends and possibly something more, culminating in a pivotal evening after torts class is over for the semester. Rachel and Dex are having drinks and sharing personal stories about things such as first kisses, leading to what seems like a romantic evening. But as Darcy shows oh, but Darcy shows up and changes the focus to herself. Not really. Uh, she teases Rachel about Dex, and with the romantic mood broken, Rachel claims that Dex is just a friend, which visibly disappoints Dex. But Rachel is too flustered to notice. Darcy proceeds to flirt incessantly with Dex, and Rachel excuses herself from the gathering by claiming to be tired. Meanwhile, in present day, things between Rachel and Dex remain awkward as the wedding plans for Darcy and Dex proceed, and Darcy hosts frequent gatherings at the Hamptons for all the friends. Rachel lies to Darcy that she is having sex with the other men, first mutual friend Marcus, then later Ethan. Ethan, who has been friends with Rachel and acquaintance, comma, sometimes foe, comma, to Darcy. Interesting. Reluctantly agrees to play along with Rachel's lies, but soon gets tired of being part of the charade. Dex's mother suffers from depression, <laughs> and it seems that Dex and Darcy's upcoming wedding is the only thing keeping her happy. Yep. Well, this is inference. Well, they do know his they dad sort of says, say that, like, which is yeah. the weirdest fucking thing you can say to your kid. Like, no, you better get married or else who knows what your mom's going to do. Yep. Months after they first had sex behind Darcy's back, Dex tries to talk to Rachel about what's between them. They agree to secretly skip out on Darcy's July 4th weekend in the Hamptons to stay in the city. This just goes on for months. What? I can't, because she says in the beginning that it's like 60 days. And I mean, it's at the end of the summer. Yeah. Months after they first had sex behind Darcy's back. I mean, I guess months plural could be two buds, and I, I guess, guess two buds could have passed. But Anyway, that's what this movie says. That's what the summary says. Um, the two run into his parents, and Dex's father later tells Dex to end it as soon as possible, saying that what he wants should not be considered a priority when it conflicts with what is right, and that they're not that kind of people. His dad means that he... Stuck by Dex's mom with her trouble, so Dex should not abandon Darcy and humiliate her so close to the wedding. That feels like a wow. false comparison, but okay. Yeah. As the wedding nears, Dex and Rachel are speaking less and less. At the beach, their secret is almost revealed by Ethan, who is frustrated with Rachel for lying to people she cares about. That night at the Hamptons bar, Rachel finally tells Dex that she wants him to call off the wedding so they can be together, but he tells her that he can't. Uh, after Ethan moves to London for a job, Rachel goes to visit him a week before Darcy and Dex's wedding. Ethan confides that he loves her, but accepts that Rachel does not reciprocate his feelings. She decides to return to New York for the wedding, acknowledging that hurting Darcy by abandoning her for her wedding is not in her nature. She returns to New York to find Dex sitting on her doorstep. He reveals that he called off the wedding. Rachel is ecstatic until Darcy arrives to talk. Dex quickly hides and overhears as Darcy reveals that she has been cheating with Marcus during the time that Dex was cheating with Rachel. Darcy is now pregnant with Marcus's child and says that they are very happy. On her way out the door, Darcy notices Dex's jacket and begins to search the apartment for him. When Dex reveals himself, Darcy finally understands that her best friend is the other woman. Dex and Darcy argue, and Darcy yells at Rachel through tears that she hates her and never wants to speak to her again, and storms out. <laughs> Two months later, Rachel and Darcy run into each other on the streets. Darcy feigns excitement about her pregnancy and shares that this is the happiest she's ever been. I don't know that it was all I feel like that's a, that's that's like a definite reading of the scene that yeah. she's faking. That she's faking her yeah. happiness. Okay. When Darcy notices that Rachel has picked up one of Dexter's shorts from the dry cleaner, she realizes they're still together. They begin to walk away, and Darcy seems turns and seems more genuine when she says that she truly is happy. Rachel smiles widely and says she's glad. She then gets a call from Dex, who is waiting on a bench around the corner for her. 
She joins him with a broad smile. This is too much to tell. This really is. She joins him with a broad smile and he takes her hand as they walk together down the street. During a mid-credit scene, <laughs> so she shows up to surprise Ethan in London. Ethan tries to ignore her and briskly walks away. The screen turns black with text <laughs> indicating that the story is to be continued. <laughs> and it never and was. And it never was. And it never... Hey, well, you have it open real quick. Tell me, what's the budget and how much did it make? I'm Where's just curious. Contained? It's usually at the top. Or okay. some nights under reception, but I think it's also under the Budget, top. $35 million. Yeah. Box office, $60 million. Okay, yeah. So that's why it never got the sequel. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Um, this I thought when I looked at it, I was like, "Well, this isn't that long." And then I was like, this "I think the synopsis is about as long as the movie itself, which is to say, just <laughs> under two hours." I think it took you yeah. just under two hours to read. There's it. just a lot of I, extraneous reading, detail. Reading the yeah, but like reading it, I was like, "Man, a lot of fucking shit happens in this movie." I'm, I'm a lot of pieces. I am sort of annoyed at that supposition. It's like she's clearly faking her happiness. I get me. Yeah, I mean, at least I kind of say that. Yeah, she was. She she seems to be genuinely happy. But like, I kind of get what they were saying. That it it didn't like. It came from a more vindictive. Like, you know, I'm happy. Yeah, happy to have a break. Yeah, and then at the end, she's like, but I. Yeah. She touches her stomach, so you know she's pregnant. The first time, yeah, the first time definitely kind of reads not as like faking it per se, but as like a you know. A, a, a proactive a, right like and, and well just you so know, you know I'm, I'm really happy yeah I'm, I'm so yeah. happy right yeah. now in my life like yeah that kind of thing dating that 35 year old man yeah. who teaches teenagers to skate and whatever I, else it is we want to talk about this movie in a, in a certain saves chipmunks put a pin in a, a realization that I've just had about yeah. the scene the Darcy and Rachel scene where she interrupts the romantic moment between her and Doug so I've had a wait, wait which scene is this sorry the one where she shows up at the bar when they're when they're in college oh Oh, oh, like the flashback. Yes. Okay, okay, I got you. I had a revelation about it, and I, I just remember that I had a revelation. All right, I hope we remember to get to it, because I noticed there are times this podcast where we say, like, we'll get to it, and then uh, we never get no, to I, it. I, I'm going to write it down. <laughs> yeah, please write it down uh, so you remember. talking about something I'll write down. Just going into this, none of us had seen this movie before except for me, right? Right. I had seen this before. It was something I watched in the beginning of COVID when I was just looking for garbage to have on the TV in the background. And, and did you hate it at the time? Yes, I thought it was bad. I knew this movie by reputation because I knew it was supposed to be, like, a pretty big piece of shit. It's very long. Everyone's awful. It's a dumb movie, and I don't like it. Here's the thing, I guess, too. So this is, again, based off of a, um, a novel. Like, right. like a sort of, quote-unquote, chiclet, beef free right, right, novel, right, right. like that sort of thing. Um, it had a sequel. Something it did. Ha- and there was also apparently a prequel entirely about young Darcy. Really? Yes. What? That must have been written yes. after those two. I think it was, yeah. I, I guess it's just sort of like... Yeah, what is that one that called? I, I, it's called something dumb. It's not even called, like, something old, which you think would be the obvious one. If right. you're doing a flashback, call it something old. It's called, like, the Young Darcy Diaries or some shit like that, like... Fuck you. I, Fuck you, Emily Gifford. Can't even spell your own damn surname. When right. you initially said it's some it's called something dumb, I thought, what if it was just something dumb? Something dumb. <laughs> something something, something large, something blue, something dumb. Uh yeah, so um as I said, this is based off of a novel, which I feel like continues kind of a little bit of our trend with Nanny Diaries for picking like a chiclet for sure. sort of novel uh, adapting to movies to discuss. I didn't want to read this at all. Like sometimes I know like I was talking with you, Chris, before we watched this first time, I was saying with Naomi and Eli's No Kiss. Right. It's like that's such a small commitment to read a YA novel where it's like, you know, it's like 200 pages. I can't imagine how painful this would have been no, to read as No, there's no way in fucking hell I was going to track down this book and read it. So I was trying to find online what the differences are between the book and the movie because some people seem to like this book. I cannot attest to how the book is, but it seems like most people who like this book are not wild about the movie. So I can only assume the book did not hmm. do a great job of translating whatever it is that worked on paper into the screen. And so there's a few big things that I've gathered here. So one, first of all, in the book, John Krasinski's character lives in London the entire time. He never comes to the Hamptons with him. He's not in New York. And they have another character, a woman friend named Hillary, who functions basically as what Ethan does in the movie, as sort of like this sounding board and moral compass for Jennifer Goodwin to like, you know, be like, oh, what are I going to do? They kind of folded her into his character, which I wonder if that's what makes him feel like a gay best friend character for a lot of the movie, even though he isn't. Well, and then he does... I guess, half-heartedly pretend to be gay. Right, for, like, two scenes, right? So then I wonder if the woman who's also sort of in their friend group who really wants to get with John Krasinski, Ah. couldn't that have been Hillary? What do you mean, in terms of, like, I just mean, like, just, yeah... 
Well, Wouldn't that be easier? Funny you should bring her up because apparently in the book she's less of like a sex crazed lunatic than she yeah. appears to be in the movie. Apparently because Ethan's not there, she's obviously not like hung up on Ethan the entire mm -hmm. time, and her character trait is just that she's like super rich and snobby, um, <laughs> which I guess is like trading one sin for another, you know, okay. like trading one two dimensional trait for another one. Uh, skateboard lawyer, he um, <laughs> he's less of like a fucking pothead, I guess, in the books, and he kind of makes sense as a character and apparently whenever they have um, him and Jennifer Goodwin going on dates in the books it's kind of like oh they actually have like something Chemistry. to talk about right like this could conceivably work but it never actually does oh it sounds I... like they actually like go out a bunch of times did in you the book. say this already what's up did is John Krasinski's equivalent character in love with her no Okay. He is not in love with her. He, she does go to visit him in London. He does not have a speech where he's like, and secretly I've been pining for you this entire fucking okay. time. <laughs> in the book also, Dex's parents don't matter at all. Like, they don't at all mention them. And there's not this whole thing about, well, if you don't have a wedding, your depressed mom might just, like, lose her grip on reality. Right. And, like, I don't know, question mark, do what? Like, off herself or it's something? Like, I don't know. Maybe you should just take her into treatment. Right. I mean, it just sort of seems like it's in the movie as some means of making Dex want to commit to this wedding. Yeah. When, because, like, you don't want to do the, like, work of treatment trying to figure out why he should want to and or this wedding. the movie in various ways that we'll get into is always trying to kind of add more reasons why it's like not Jennifer Goodman's fault and I guess it's not his fault I have mm -hmm. to do it it's for my mom right yeah, and so it's just like you know, it's a means of like you 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 can't hate him because he's doing right. it for all the right reasons. He's marrying a woman he doesn't care about to make his mom happy. Isn't that what counts? The effect of that, though, at least I felt was. It, it, it has the effect of feeling like it's not even fully committing to its plot. And it's like, it so doesn't want you to ever feel negative about Jennifer Goodwin or him that they just try to find all these reasons why, like, well, it's not really their fault. I mean, it seems like it just kind of makes him unlikable in a whole other way, you know? Right. Like, it makes him kind of an idiot. It would be one thing if, oh, Kate Hudson's actually clinically depressed, and he feels like if he breaks up with her, it's gonna be a whole, like, Mr. Oh Rochester scenario or something. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. That might be something. What it is now, it's just like, oh, there's another burden for as to why you actually have to commit to this wedding. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's basically it. So it's, I just think it's important to just start off with, this is an adaptation of some crap novel that I've never Read. I'm never going to read a crap novel that has a sequel that will never be made into a movie. But then it sounds like the movie just also made some choices that made it even worse. Yeah, the movie doesn't seem like it did anything good in adapting it to yeah. screen. Again, can't comment. I haven't read it, but it seems like all the choices made that deviated were bad choices. Except for that fun little, I don't even know what to call it, call out, I guess. Or um, shout out with um, the woman sitting on the bench next to Jennifer I think it's Goodwin the author. Face. I looked it up. And is I it? It's the author of the book, huh. yeah. There, there's a scene where um, Jennifer Goodwin and, I don't know, what's it, Marcus, are like sitting talking and there's a woman next to them when Marcus says something like, I was debating about masturbating to you last night or something like that. And the woman is sitting next to them reading something blue, the sequel, and like looks over at them and like, oh, my <laughs> monocle. Like, I can't believe I'm listening to this. Which really just sort of makes it the most fascinating scenario in the movie. This woman is sitting here reading a sequel and right in front of her, she sees people acting out the first book in this, which, like, frankly, like, there's your movie right I there. Would love that this movie. woman, like, all of a sudden realizes that the book that she's reading is happening in real life. Has she left our reality and joined a different dimension? Is Emily Giffen, the author, somehow warping reality to her own means? Like, who can say? She's, I don't know. She's like H. was on a Superman, that Lois and Clark episode. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or uh, Brendan so Fraser and Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's right there. So th this movie feels like it was from, like, a, a strain of rom coms that we were getting sort of in the late, I, I don't know what you call it, the first decade of the the, the 2000s. 2010s. Yeah, like, but well, I feel like if you say 2010s, um, that's like, you know, it was yeah, like I the 2000s, so. right? The early, like, the early 2000s. The first decade of the 2000s, where it feels like we were getting a bunch of crappy rom-coms at yeah. that point. That was kind of like the MO. This feels like it's one of those ones that kind of killed off the rom-com <laughs> as a concept for me, you know? Like, we don't get rom-coms released in theaters anymore. No. And I think you can also attribute that, obviously, to like, the, you know, the infatuation with blockbusters and right. franchises that like a studio would rather pay $200 million and make a billion dollars and if you're just like it's not worth it for them to make a $30 million movie that makes $90 million right. like that's just not anyone's focus anymore but I do feel like the sheer level of crap we were getting at that point was kind of like part of the nail in the coffin for this sort of thing. Yeah, and it, it, it all feels kind of like lazy and uninspired. Well, also, like, you don't have to, like, the other hand of that token is like, you don't have to break the bank on like a rom com. And it's like, we still get good ones, but they're like 
TV's miniseries. Right, or they're also like on Netflix games. or yeah. something like that. At least digitally, yeah. yeah. Like streaming releases or like miniseries or like the format is alive and well, I think, but it's just like, It is. It's just not like a theatrical yeah. concept anymore. But it's definitely a 50-50 of like paradigm sh- studio shifting and like there were just some really bad ones, and it's like it's like shocker. Like, guess what? You know, people still like rom coms. People go to see them, but they right. can see this pile of shit. Right. It's it is that sort of like uh, executive backward thinking where they're like, no, it is not that we didn't put out a good product. Right. It's that the audience that doesn't it, want to see rom coms anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. like no. Yeah. And I mean, this does also feel like similar to Nanny Diaries. It's kind of like a tail end of that Devil Wears Prada trend, where it was yes. just like Devil Wears Prada is not a rom com, but it feels like a rom com. Yeah. Just. In, in almost every respect aside from the romance where it was just sort of like well like what what other books are the gals reading on the right. beach this summer like, what's what frothy and fizzy adapt- right like and so like it seems like people responded to this book it was a pretty popular book I again can't attest to any of that but there I it was or like P.S. I Love You yes. yeah yeah I mean that's more of like a weepy rom-com though right yeah. like well, not a fun it's like rom-com it uses the rom-com format and tropes but it's not inherently well it's, yeah. it's not like yeah it's not super comedic I guess it's more of a rom there is like some. There, no, I know there are, there are like jokes. There's like a dry humor to it. Yeah, there there are jokes too. But I mean, the, I yeah. think the central concept of P.S. I Love You is kind of a downer. So it is. But yeah, it was definitely in the class we took about romantic. It was. It was in our writing the rom com class. Yeah. Boy, I wish we had kept a better list of the movies that we. We could like read some. Yeah, I feel like like I'm sure. I wonder if I have a syllabus we somewhere on my computer. Because that was where uh, Top Crisis Secret. You watched Top Crisis. Yeah, Top Crisis. Secret. Secret. The only I in still class. laugh at. <laughs> I watched that with Rich a couple months ago, and I just what I point out like we were ready for this part. Top Price the Secret, baby. I mean, listeners, we're so bored by the movie we're supposed to be talking about, we just found so many excuses yeah. to talk about the, others. The, the, yeah, I know. It's, it's because this movie is pretty dull. I also, it's weird that it, it, it starts with, I think, kind of an interesting premise, although a challenging one, where... I don't know if you could do it, though. I your protagonist... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it works. having an affair with her best friend's fiance. Right. I don't know. I think the thing is, I don't know if it works as a rom-com hook. Right? No. I mean, that's the issue. It's a dramatic I mean, it's an interesting hook, right? I think that there, there's definitely something interesting to the fact that, you know, these two people realize right before one's going to get married that actually, like, they should have tried something all this time. And then, like, how does that change everything spiraling Here's out from the there? The only way it works is if the if one of them is getting married, this has been done a bajillion times, but it's fine. Like, is this a serendipity to this real quick. with both of them? They're not, like, cheating on someone or, like, it's not, like, their friend's interest that they're stealing where it's, like... One of them is getting married, has a chance to cover someone else, and is like, ooh, this could be something. And right. Because that happens mm-hmm. in all of the rom- in traditional rom-coms where it's like, they've somehow set themselves on this boring path of this boring love interest. They're backstory. Yeah, and then a yeah. fascinating person comes along and they realize like, oh, this is the person that I should be with. Right. You can't yeah. get the ickiness out of your brain when it's like, you're. this is your best friend. And I almost, yeah. I almost feel like the ickiness is emphasized in an unfortunate way when you do try to beat it into this uh, rom-com shape right. where in the in the context that that's supposed to be comedic ends up sending the message that we're like this is light what's happening yeah. this is this is fun yeah. And it's like, it's it's not fun. No, it's not. I'm not having a good time watching this. Going off of what you had said, Lee, there is a lot that I think is just sort of inherently wrong with this premise going into it that makes it very difficult to bounce back from. I mean, you have the obvious, you know, there's the fact that this is a hard hook for, I think, viewers to sort of get on with. There's also the fact that these four people are all kind of reprehensible idiots. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to quote Vulture, I guess, reviewed the movie when it had came out theatrically. Oh. And there was a quote that I had sent you guys earlier where I just want to say, in here. Best and most rare of all, halfway through this film, you still may not know exactly how it's going to end, not because the ending is a shock, but because there are four equally cliched ways it could go. The protagonist ends up with her soulmate. Her soulmate turns out to be a jerk. Her best guy friend turns out to be her soulmate. Her best girlfriend turns out to be more important than any soulmate. And I think that's all true. Yeah. Those are all very valid, like, honest to God. I think, like, the thing that's most fascinating about this movie and why I recommend it is, like, there are points where, like, I literally could not tell you what's going to happen. Rom-coms as a genre... Yeah, no, yeah, all for the wrong reasons. Rom-coms as a genre tend to be relatively conservative in terms of, like, the story that they're telling, mm-hmm. you know? It's not so much, the, the question is never usually, will these people end up together? It's more how they're going to end right. up together, right? But, like, with this one, it literally is, who's going to end up with who by the end of this? It's not like, and it's not some sort of, like, you know, mixed up lovers kind of way where everyone gets shuffled around with a different person. It's literally just, like, I don't know what this movie wants me to think. Given all the, like, sneaking around and deception and whatever, you just kind of feel by the end of it, none of these
these people should be in each other's lives. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. They should just be away from I mean, each other. You just sort of watch it. Like, I, they're all the scenes that were, like, meant to be, like, cute or romantic or, like, funny. Like, oh, girl bonding time. I was just, like, like horrified. Watching horrified. Like, this is, like, it's just lies being... I'm just yeah. watching lies... <laughs> just I mean, always. Yeah. And it again, to have that in the rom-com context invites you to be like, this is fun. I, I should find this aspirational. Yeah, yeah. I should want to fuck my best friend's fiance and feel should. justified in doing so. Right. Um I don't want them together, and in a but in a way, the movie kind of shoves all four endings together. She ends up with her soulmate, I guess, except for the jerk part. But she ends right, up with her man. soulmate, her best guy friend. I guess he doesn't necessarily try to be her soulmate, but he has a love confession. Yeah. And by the end of it, they hint that maybe she's going to be able to return to a friendship with Kate Hudson. Right. It is in character for this movie to try to have it way too many ways, but it's still very frustrating, and it's not a satisfying ending. But I'm at a loss to tell you what a satisfying ending is for this movie what as it, it is. Yeah. It was so unsatisfying as an experience. I don't care about these people. I don't care about their relationships. I don't think their relationships between each other should exist. Yeah. There, there's a very definite and easy read of this movie where Colin Egglesfield, Kate Hudson's... Did we ever establish, like, who was who? No. Kate Hudson's Darcy, like, the crazy best friend. Jennifer Goodwin is... I can't remember her fucking name. I don't remember who Rachel. Rachel, the protagonist. Um, Colin Egglesfield is Darcy's Dex. fiance. Oh, Dex, Dex, Darcy's fiance, yes. And uh, John Krasinski is Ethan, their best friend yeah. from when they were kids. So there is a reading of this movie where uh, Colin Egglesfield is, like, the villain in this mm-hmm. movie. And it's pretty easy to look at it that way because... Here's the thing, too. So, first of all, the first interaction they have together romantically is they, you know, they're both a little bit drunk. They establish, even though later on they're both like, I wasn't actually that drunk. But so they're in the back of a cab. Previously, Rachel, Jennifer Goodwin had just told Colin, I thought about you all the time in law school. Like, why didn't you ever do this? Blah, 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 blah. And so then they're in the back of a cab and Jennifer Goodwin's starting to like apologize to him. She's like, I'm sorry. I never should have said that. And all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, he kisses like her. a serial killer, like, 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 wait until dark, like <laughs> springs across, locks lips with her in the back of <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. you, you see that little like dramatic sting, like zing, yeah. he's jumping over there. Were you in the Were you in that frame of mind? Because isn't Audrey Hepburn in that? Yes, yeah, that's a connection to Roman Holiday. Was that like no, no? Lines? It was literally just that, like out of nowhere, this guy like it's it's like a shocking scene. It and, like is. here, it's like it's like <gasps> they're kissing, right. but it like wait until dark. It's like he just pounces out at her from the darkness, but like he just like jumps in, like affixes his mouth to her and doesn't let go. It's like first of all, he's the one initiating this mm-hmm. sort of thing with her, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm not. I'm not attacking this from the point of view of like it's not consensual they're making out. I'm attacking no. from the point of view is like he was the one who started. Later yeah. on, he repeatedly says to her, "Come to the Hamptons when we're all in the Hamptons. We'll have time to talk about our relationship and see what's going on there." They never do. They no. try to do it like once. They're interrupted by John Krasinski. Then for the rest of the time that they're there, he's basically pretending to be Kate Hudson. And like, she like sadly it. watches it. Right. Um, yeah. She's uh, Jennifer like, Goodwin just sadly watches it. Like, right. Yeah. Well, from John Krasinski's sadness hoodie, and <laughs> then and then so then like after they get back from the first trip to the Hamptons. He sends her flowers and is like... That's so, the worst. Which, no, that's awful. And he's like, sorry, I fucked up. And then she calls him and he says something like, now I know how many flowers it takes for you to call me when you're mad at me or something. Which Ew, is like, don't say that to like, a, like you're a friend of yours who like you're marrying her best friend and now you're having an affair with this one. Like, don't say that to this person. Also, and then through... I'm sorry, I, I won't... Yeah, yeah, but, like, but then he's also later on is the one who says like, okay, look, Darcy's going to go to the Hamptons on the 4th of July. Let's both lie and pretend we have work. We'll stay here. We'll basically have an entire weekend to pretend that we're a couple. We can fuck all the time. We can hold hands in the park. It's going to be fucking great. And she doesn't say anything and then she's like, okay, let's do this. So like, really what it seems is like he is this guy who's content to like let this just spiral on for and as long or as can. kind of drive it forward, right? And he's the one. Yeah, he's the one doing it too. It's not like she. Yeah, it's so I like, think about it that way. I have a counterpoint, but yeah, yeah. if Chris has a Chris, which, would you want to say? Well, I was just going to say. I feel like the my view of him as like a psycho is just going further and further because I mean we'll discuss it. I guess Part of when it, when it comes to the oh actor. yeah yeah hundred um, percent. But I just. Like, you're kind of saying that, like, the, the kiss leap was a little bit much. I feel like sending those flowers was a lot of bit oh, yeah, much. yeah, that, because that's nuts. I feel like calling up and just uh, pitching to someone, essentially being like, let's just schedule let's an affair. A weekend-long fuck fest, um, yeah. He's, like, pitching it as, like, let's just, like, use this as an opportunity to, like, to, like, see what, to see yeah, what this to, is. To, like, sort this and out. And I'm just, like, <laughs> you're getting married to someone else... 
you don't get to see what this is. Yeah. I mean, like, also, uh, it would be one thing if you said, like, she'll be gone for a weekend. We can, like, get together and talk. Like, let's go to right. a restaurant and sit there and talk this out. But he's basically like, let's just pretend it's us and have, like, a date weekend. It's wild. All right, what were you going to say, Lee? Sorry. So I have a counter argument. Yeah. It's a bit long. And there's... Uh, some of these points are half-formed. So uh-huh. Maybe messy. But my thesis statement is that counter argument... Yes. Everyone in this movie is equally to blame and equally shitty. Fair. I think so. Now, I think Krasinski might be a little bit less. A little, a little bit, bit less, less yeah. I was like, he's sort of outside of the situation. That's true, yeah. The three main players are, are equally... Of the triangle. And I think Agreed. that our perceptions of it, like your perception of it and our perception of, of where of how we feel about each of these characters and what what their wrongdoings are, are gender-based. That's and probably true. Here's... here's uh, this is the point I wanted to make earlier. Okay. That I wrote down. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Imagine a world where the genders are swapped mm-hmm. and... And that scene play out where Darcy and Rachel are men and uh, Rachel is talking to Dex and they're having a little moment. And then Darcy, the man, interrupts and swoops in and grabs. Suddenly, Darcy is clearly the bad guy. Right. Because this poor, meek guy who just wants this sweet girl that he has a crush on is getting tramped on by this big alpha male who's right, like, he's right. super... Good point. And we feel bad for this sort of guy. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, like, we sort of naturally sort of expect slash, like, desire women to be meek mm-hmm. and to take a backseat. And so, like... But here's the thing. Rachel is horrible. Yeah. She needs to grow a fucking <sighs> spine. Yeah, agreed. I fucking agreed. hate her. In this I actually movie. feel yeah. disgusted by how, like, aggressively pathetic she is. No, it's truly, yeah. I mean, it's truly just sort of like, fault. you had years to get this right. Can you we, know? like, dive yeah. into characters as scotch early, maybe, to talk about Yeah, that's it. fine. Yeah. We can talk, let's, uh, let's start with Rachel, the, the son around which we all orbit this in this movie. This is the kind of protagonist that I fucking, makes me want to scream. Yeah. I mean, her, I feel like, for me, the, the point that I keep returning to it, when she's having that exchange with... Colin Eggers, who cares who he is? The fiance. Collie Eggs. Collie Eggs. Dax, just call him Dax. Dax, yeah. Dax, Dax. How hard is it? At that other bar, I guess. At the flashback, and you mean? Or no. In the beginning. Um, in the Closer to the beginning. When, okay. um, when that girl is like, like. I just feel like Jennifer Goodman's character launches into one of the most insane statements I've ever heard, where she was just like, she notices this hot woman checking Collie Egg, Dax out. Yeah. And she's like, well, she says something to the effect of like I bet she's judging you because she thinks your girlfriend's so ugly well she says like like she can't like hot people are supposed to be with hot people or something like that well but it's just it's this whole aggressive like I don't even understand when you're like at this table with me you should be with someone hot it's just like Girl, the fuck up. Shut up. I just don't... Like, I also yeah. feel like on a certain level, you don't say that out loud without realizing that you're going fishing for I, something. I don't know how you made it to that age without getting some some help for your self-esteem yeah, issues. Agreed. And your assertive issue, assertiveness issues. Like, Does the movie want us to believe that she's always just been steamrolled by Darcy? Yeah, I mean, I just well, think... Yeah, like, yeah, I think the movie 100% wants you to think that that's if, the problem. If you made it that far, you fucking deserve to be trampled on. I agree. Yeah. Because no one's going to help you if you don't help yourself. Right. Exactly. And I, I can't stand... And, and it and it's it spirals into this like into this blaming cycle too of like oh it's everyone else's fault for it's like no right. at some point you have to put a fucking foot down yeah which is why I do appreciate that Rachel does have that moment at the end yeah and it's the only time I think she's like sees or speaks sense where she was like it's not so much Darcy taking things away from me it's I'm just always giving things up to her and I'm yeah. like yeah. That's yeah. definitely true, and that's also more maturity than I was expecting from the movie. Right. I mean, I, I do think, like, contrarialized, it doesn't, she doesn't really do anything with this no. revelation, mm-hmm. you know, like, it doesn't affect anything truly in any real way, but... And meanwhile, Darcy's just your straight-up classic narcissist. Yeah, Darcy, like, yeah. <laughs> like, a cartoon narcissist. Makes so. it everything about herself, like, has the, needs to perpetuate this myth about her being accepted into Notre Dame and... To feel dead. Right. Which is such a weird... She, like, honestly, Darcy is such a bizarrely fascinating character. Like, this movie could just be a weird character study on, like, who this crazy person is. So, I I enjoy how she's introduced in the beginning. Because I actually thought it was clever. Mm. Or not clever, but I I like the idea that we're, like, we're getting to know what kind of friend Darcy is. Like, yes, she's putting on this big elaborate surprise party at this club for Rachel. But it's all very Darcy-centric. So, like... Um, I'm getting married. I'm getting married. Yeah, yeah. and she's doing show. the slideshow. Did like, you watch oh, both of them? Did you guys see what the what the 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 resting screen for the each of the slideshow slideshow screens were? It was a two 
separate, different giant pictures of Kate Hudson holding a sign that said, Oh yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday Rachel. Rachel. Yeah, I did see that, yeah. <laughs> and like, I also love it when she, she puts the big pink boa on Rachel and then she was like, you don't need this. Yeah, she's like, no, this is more me. Yeah. yeah. I was just an asshole. I'm not saying yeah. that was good, but I was like, I, I felt like that was the clearest I saw this character and I thought, okay, I can identify that person. Yeah. I can't identify the character that sits down in Jennifer Goodwin's apartment much later in the movie and was just like, I'm going to give you a litany of seven reasons why it's okay that you fucked my boyfriend, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing is, right, in that scene too, it's almost genius because you can see how like that kind of thing can masquerade as good friendship. Right. Right. Because on the surface, if you're not thinking about it too hard, it's like, oh, Oh, it's sweet. She threw a party, but it's yeah. like Rachel probably didn't want thirty people at this party. Right, no none of whom people. she seems to know. Yeah. Also, is the other thing too. And she doesn't know people. Yeah, she has no friends. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you're being told a lot about how close friends they are by Darcy, but it's like it's like how much of that is authentic. Yeah, I mean, in, this movie could be like a really fascinating examination of like a friendship toxic that is friendship. toxic. Yeah, yeah, they're like a friendship that started when they were young and they had like neither of them realizes or wants to say that it's like beyond the sell by. But they both outgrown it. Yeah, this movie definitely seems to think that it's a tragic friendship was destroyed in this movie. But yeah, like, right. Really, but like. No, you know what? You're going to be much better off out yeah. of each other's lives. You should not point. have been friends for this long. Yeah. So, like, I, rom-coms, I feel like, do this a lot. This sort of, like, lionization of your childhood relationships. I mean, I feel like that that can be, that can happen. That's fine. But I kind of feel like, you know, those don't always work out that way. Sometimes you're close to someone in your childhood, and then you never fucking see them again. And then you move on. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I don't think that's necessarily a tragedy. It's just sort of, you know, the, the growing up. flow of life. It's yeah, growing up. How things work. Which is why I guess I just sort of struggle to understand understand or to really connect to parts of this movie because I'm just like I don't know I just feel like in the intervening years between my crush in law school and my 30th birthday I would have just gotten over it yeah I, I don't have as much of an issue of the fact that like they were both kind of secretly pining for each other for years because like I feel like that can happen you know I feel like it can happen what I would say to like counter that is like if it's at the point where he's getting married and you still haven't said anything then like it's kind of your fault you yeah, know? Like, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm not saying that like you can't love someone silently for many years but I'm saying that like you had ample opportunities to tell him don't do this like I have a thing for you I want to get with you and see where this goes when we see these ample opportunities we see at various points whenever he first meets Darcy when they're out to dinner she, Darcy, like, Dar- it Darcy basically like looks at her and is like could I go for this and Jennifer Goodwin's like yeah okay but she only does that after she like baits them into a game of truth or dare and then she just tells Dex like ask her or out she on dare, yeah like she dares yeah. like go on a date and then like later even after she leaves the restaurant like in tears Dex follows her he's like hey are you okay is everything going on and she's like I'm great everything's yeah, good so here I'm yeah so I'm so happy for you I see where this goes I feel like clearly Dex in that moment would have just been like, say the word. Like, I know. He was I mean, offering I to take like, her home. Yeah, I know. Like, exactly. Dex also, again, this goes back to like everyone being a fucking idiot. Dex should also just be like, you know, like, I was here because I wanted to spend time with you. Like, Darcy seems like a perfectly nice woman, but like, yeah. this was not my intention here. <laughs> Darcy, colossal asshole. However, I do think she has one of the more enjoyable performances coming from someone in this movie, which I generally find to be kind of meh. Yeah, well, we'll like cover acting real quick later on. Just yeah. like, uh, who do you want to get to next? Dex? Yeah. Like, what is Dex's character? I don't know. Nothing. Like, he does come off like a he? real creep. It's yeah, no, he is. But I he think a, a lot creep. of the actor is just awful. Right. I mean, yes. I, I think it, it's like a double whammy of like, I don't know who this character is. I don't know what this character really technically wants. Yeah. And I think part of me wonders like, would this movie, I, I guess just to go nothing a little bit, would this movie have worked better with a more charismatic actor as Dex? Because like, I feel like yes. whenever I watch Dex and Darcy together, they have nothing in common. Like, these I think are two the character people. has to be a little different, too. I would agree, too. But I feel like also, like, I think there is a world where Dex, the character, can be like, oh, this is like a really fun person. I'm not normally this outgoing, yeah. but like, I like the fact that I'm dating someone who is like a little bit more over the top than I am. And I think that's a good thing for me. To your point about the giving the opening and all of that, and like, the, the idea of like if you held this for this long it's probably your fault here's my supposition that I think I maybe mentioned before but I forget mm-hmm. that I think of what they're trying to go for and fail horribly is that rather than Jennifer Goodwin secretly pining all this time it's that she had had this crush and it, it failed it backfired because she was a fucking wimp and couldn't go for it <laughs> then she buried it and just assumed that it was gone because yeah. it's like well it's not gonna happen just gonna not think about it Meanwhile, Dex buried his because he heard Jennifer Goodwin state explicitly. <laughs> like, no, we're, we're just, just friends. Yeah, yeah. So he buried his. And so, like, 
heard, I think the idea that they're trying to go for in this movie, which doesn't really excuse it, but maybe makes it a bit better, even though it's weakly didn't get that impression, is that when she's drunk and sort of half drunkenly admits like, oh, I used to have a crush on you, that it's maybe the first time she's thought about it. And because that's the first Dex has heard it all this time, yeah. like, oh, I, oh, you mean that could have happened yeah, that's nine okay. years ago? Now I now I can't get married to this woman because I actually was in love with you. And I, I will I will give you that, but I do still think that like the meet cute between Dex and Darcy is so fraught with hysterical acting from Jennifer Goodwin that like Dex as a <laughs> human who can well we assume he can read emotional. I'm not faces, sure though, <laughs> but like as, as a person, you should look at her and be like something's gone wrong. Yeah, here. like and it wouldn't make a very good lawyer if you couldn't read emotional. No, exactly, that was- obvious. What was the bit that you said when he makes his little, oh, it's like when, his weird sad face? Yeah, it's, like, it's, when, it's when he's like, he's crying. It's whenever they're, they're at some bar in the Hamptons. And it's, I think it's when Jennifer Goodman like runs back in the rain. It's like, you know what? You should call off the wedding. And Choose he's crying. Me. And like, he's, he's not crying, but he's like making an emotional he's, face. It's the weirdest fucking display of trying to look sad acting I have ever seen I in just, my life. I just loved your 30 Rock reference. Yeah, it no, looks like no, the flashcard yeah. they show me for sad. Right, no, I have to, I have to fucking fight because it is such a good quote, god damn it, yeah. or is it? Hang on. But he says I can't, and all I can think of is like this game Grumps bit where he says it in the most strangled but I can't. <laughs> you look like that flashcard they told me means sadness yeah. is what Jenna says to Jack. And it's so like, he's like, it's literally trying to like, so, like you can see the director holding up like a face of a baby crying and be like, this face. Make yeah. this one. He's like, okay. It's also like so unnatural. That actor is just. He's just so bad at it. Um, Krasinski's character, Ethan. So how about Ethan? I mean, yeah. So here's the thing. I think for about the first half of the movie or so, Ethan's like a fairly solid character to start out with. I think. I, I, he's like the one I feel the most sympathy for, I guess. I also think it, it's super weird that we are shown in the beginning of the movie that he, Darcy, and Rachel were all friends growing up. Mm-hmm. That, like, the three of them, I don't know, live next door or whatever. Like, they show them all going to a dance, like, the three of them in a photo, whatever. Yeah. It seems later on, like, the next scene where the first time we see Darcy and interact, that Darcy fucking hates him. Right. It's like, she basically says when they're going to the hand, it's like, oh, boo, who invited you? And he's just sort of like, oh, I guess I'll go. Like, you know, being sort of <laughs> yeah. like, he's gymming from the office where he's just sort of like acting very disaffected. Very very dry. Right. But then, like, later on, he's, like, snipping back at her with all this shit. And it really is just like, wait, do these two people actually, like, fucking hate each other? They right. seem like, to have beef, but we never learn what it is. Right. And we, <laughs> yeah. you know, we truly don't get it. We're like, they don't seem to be friends anymore. And again, if this is some sort of weird toxic friendship movie like you could also do something with the fact that like these two people have realized that like you know what we aren't friends anymore the only thing we have in common is that Rachel is the one person connecting us together at this point I I guess we're meant to assume that he just got fed up with watching yeah right because he says later on about like how he's like he's sick of watching Rachel like just give in to Darcy but like it's also like when did this happen for you? You know, I, like, why are you still hanging around Darcy if this is yeah. like, actually how you feel? Mm-hmm. I appreciated that he was the only character to, like, speak sense directly ever, but just to Rachel specifically. But I I didn't care for when he said at one point, like, um, don't tell me that, like, daddy hits me because he loves me crap. I was like, Ugh. Oh, that was gross. It's also okay. so gross <laughs> because, like, he says that, but it's also in a scene where, like, Jennifer goes to me like, no, 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 it's not that. Like, like right. she immediately is like, put that back in the suitcase. Let's not even like go into that right. shit right now. It, it's, um, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's it, it's a weird moment. Again, also similar to like his declaration for love. A weird moment for you to suddenly like bring this yeah, up. Yeah, I don't you know? think, I, like I think that his characterization suffers because he's used as a different device for different scenes. Like they, they trot right. out that trope for no reason at the 11th hour that he's in love with her. Right, he's the it best friend. It doesn't serve the story really. Yeah. No, and, the, and she doesn't seem to, res- Rachel doesn't seem to respond to it at all. She's just sort of like, well, gotta get back to her. I actually think it's kind of funny how she has a total non-response and just basically side hugs him until he makes a joke about it. It also, frankly, I was just like, "Uh, is this not fucking awkward? (laughs) I think it makes him like a less interesting character too, because then it's like you're viewing his all his actions through the lens of like, oh, you're secretly in love with her. So that's why you were saying knock off this shit with it, Dex yeah, the you entire time? It because it's a repulsive thing to do to your best friend. Right. It just like, it didn't feel like that was, like that element was being played in his performance at all leading up to that moment. No, I, I, John Krasinski, like I said, he, I think he's doing a good job in this movie, even this though the character bad. is like crap. Do you think, here's the thing, you yeah. think it was such badly written, but do you think that we were meant to be surprised by that reveal that maybe he was in love with Darcy? Is that why they throw those couple lines in there? Oh, like, is interesting. That, was that a, like a 
fail a failed red herring where it's like, oh, he's really overly antagonistic with Darcy. I guess maybe it could be. I feel like if that's the case, like the director totally missed it in the yes. screenplay and was like, no, just play it for anger. That's fine. Yeah. Because like I think there there could potentially be something there. I suppose. Yeah. That, Twist. Yeah. He was in love with Dex the whole time. Right. <laughs> that would be frankly, I'd watch that movie. But he's his characterization before then is just like he's real surly. He is, and it's he's like honestly, like when he takes off to London, I'm kind of like, you know what? This is probably for the best. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you've you've in, like extracted yourself from yeah. the situation from these awful he was idiots. In the situation he didn't like, he left. He was yep. spending Good anywhere between one and three weeks in this Hamptons house with people full of people, you hate. yeah, who you yeah. hate and one person you like. And, yeah. Well, and also then one person you're actively lying to about being gay. Because yeah. You can't bring yourself yeah. to say I'm not attracted. It's probably to you. worth just mentioning yeah. vaguely that there is a subplot where Ethan very very briefly over the course of two or three scenes pretends to be gay so that this one woman who they are friends with will stop going for him. Yeah, I, I but guess like it's sort of, it's it's like barely committed to. I was gonna say I guess I'm sort of happy we never see John Krasinski play gay. Well, there's the one scene where he's with Marcus, yeah, right? Where like Marcus, and then Marcus has a brief like homophobic moment of like, Go away yeah, what the fuck, me. man? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, but I guess uh, other than that, we don't. I guess, we never hear him do a gay voice, which I'm happy about. But at the same time, then it again doesn't serve the plot. It doesn't really give him any much to no. do. And right, the, and we also the saw, unwritten line there is that, or sentiment is that this woman wouldn't believe him if, or wouldn't give up if he just said, I, "I'm not gonna." Yeah, I don't want you at all. She'd be like, "Oh yes, you must." Yeah, but, I mean, and she's barely a character. Right, she's just corny and dumb. To, the, to that desire to fuck John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah solely. That is her entire... Yeah. My God, that weird line at the end where she was like, he's never going to love me, is he? Yeah, well, like, like, was that... Were those the stakes? Like, because it's, like, said and shot and, like, with, with like such emphasis and gravitas to it where like you're supposed to watch this and be like this is a sad moment for this right, character this like is she's having a realization right that like everything she's been doing is wrong and, but it's just sort of like you've been like this fucking idiot the entire movie like am I supposed yeah. to suddenly like you can be like oh pathos you have thoughts and emotions. Yeah. They're, they're setting up that hilarious Prop 8 t-shirt gag. Yeah. yeah. It's not a fix, but, like, I feel like there's easily a version of this where Ethan is the gay best friend, you know? Yeah. Like, there's so much of what he does reads as that up until the we're, end where he's like, actually, I'm in love with you. We're fucking commit to him being the ducky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which they don't. One or the other, right? Yeah, just something. Just something. Or, I guess, yeah. I mean, we already talked about it, right? But, like, we don't like anyone in this movie, right? No. Like, there's just no one to like. Everyone's, just, everyone's I, I guess it's like the, the central crime, really, of this rom com is that, like, I don't know why these two people should be together. And again, as I said, when you're watching this, you don't know if these two people are going to get together. Maybe they're not going to get together. Maybe <laughs> she's going to go with John Krasinski. It is just sort of like the extreme, like, to, I, I feel like this is sort of a thing with serendipity too when we were watching it's like there's no real reason why these two characters should be together except the movie is saying like yes they should like right. they must yeah. be put together which is the same thing here like I don't know why I should want root for these it, two characters to get with each other they also just give us nothing to hold on to there's not a character that you can invest in or enjoy or whatever uh, and there's not a relationship that you can really root for I don't want these people to be together I don't want anyone in this movie to be in each other's lives yeah and, it's I don't know it's 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 sort of, it's a weird hateful movie like this movie yeah, has a very low much, opinion of women it's unpleasant to watch yeah yeah every scene that you go through you just like how are you how are you acting like this right now you're right right fucking lying to your best friend yeah everyone's just making the worst decision they possibly it's just, could it's so moment. stressful to be in the circle of friends yeah. I can't like, imagine <laughs> it right again John Krasinski <laughs> had the right idea take so, off her fucking London yeah just, wear the wear the hoodie and just hide in it the whole yeah, time yeah, like, you guys need to just like figure it out but I don't yeah. need to be here like yeah. good lord yeah I know I mean like you feel you feel for him at that moment he's like actually I just took a job in London like oh good for you like you're gonna finally develop and come into your own it's gonna be beautiful baby when can we talk about uh, we'll do actors right now. Actors. All right, let's do actors right now, real quick. Psycho eyes. So let's just start real quick. We'll, we'll start with Jennifer Goodwin real quick because yeah. she is the focus of this. How is Jennifer Goodwin? Competent. Yeah, that's She's all I can say. Giving garbage. It's hard to say because the care. I hate the character. Yeah, so I agree. I I think she's as fine as one could be in this role. Like this I, yeah. sketch of a character. She's I have no beef with her. She's to do a lot of just like sad whimpering. whimpering yeah, like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the the girl who has passed over sort of. Yeah. yeah. No spine. At all! So yeah. She's an invertebrate in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kate Hudson? 
She's Candleton's great in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, again, like, it's like it's, it's a dumb, confusing character. So there's so much. I, I just to like bop back to character briefly. So much of what we get from her character seems to be that her character is made to be worse, so that you as a viewer don't feel bad that her best friend is having an affair with her fiance. Yeah. You're like she deserves right, like, like she, she deserves misery. She's an awful person. And then you find out later on, like oh, she was secretly having an affair, and then you find out oh, she was having an affair with Marcus. She's like all this crap. So it's like a this, separate affair with Marcus. No, no, that was the affair. Oh. She says something earlier, and then she like, said it was a guy from work, right? And I think it was, she was lying. Jennifer Goodwin oh. basically says like, like, oh, you said it was a guy from work, but yeah, yeah it's, it was always Marcus all along. But uh, so it's just like her character keeps doing like awful, awful shit, so that you as a viewer can watch this and be like, oh, it's okay that they're actually. But Kidinson really plays it with a plum. She yeah. does, and you know, like again, it's an inconsistent character. It's not a good character, but I think Kate Hudson like has a better handle on who this yeah. person is. I, I put forward that Kate Hudson has it in her to play. A really fabulous RWRD. Yes, she does. Like she, she she's does. shown in the, in this and my best friend's girl that she has that power. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I just wish she could use it in a project worthy of that. Yeah, you know? I feel like she just chooses a lot of crap to be. Maybe in. when it, she's a little older, she could be like that character in um, Dash and Lily, like the eccentric aunt. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, God. yeah. I just, it's just she. I feel like she brings so much life and energy to this nothing character. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, and I like that she's kind of allowed to play the type of rom com leads that are like a little nuts. And yeah, little yeah. Like a little mean. Brass and brassy and like bold, yeah. bold and. Yeah, bold as brown. She. I also feel like it's a testament to Kate Hudson that I feel a little bit bad for her character at the end when she finds out that her fiance is sleeping with her best friend yeah. and yeah. she's like crying. It's like, oh, you know what? Like, I have. I do sort of feel bad for you, and like, I feel like you're actually doing like the legwork here to make me feel sympathy for you as a character. I also feel like she had to have been carrying, like. Uh, Dex as a scene partner. Oh yeah, hundred ten percent. Just because yeah. I feel like he's he gets no energy. Yeah. So Colin Eaglesfield dead in the Dex, eyes. Who is <laughs> like very handsome in a Cole's model kind of right. way. Uh, he was a model and he was a soap opera guy. He's sort of like Bobo West Bentley. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, what I commit to, I think, is that he looks like if you made Tom Cruise in The Sims, yes. and you didn't quite get it right, but you got it, like, 85% right there, to the point that you would look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's Tom I Cruise. I see it, yeah. yeah. But, again, <laughs> these eyes, there is nothing going on in yeah. his eyes. As, as uh, Dylan Warren said in Black Books, he has the cold, dead eyes of a killer. Yes! yes. Well, it's like watching a shark. Just yeah. like these little beady black eyes. Like you nothing should... happening behind them. When he smiles, the eyes stay the same. When he's making his sad face, the eyes stay the same. It's I just... Can't. I can't. It's like, the first time I watched this, I was kind of like on the fence. I was like, is he bad in this or is just that the character is badly written? And make no mistake, the character is horribly written. I feel like seeing this twice within the span of a week, I can look at it and definitively say, yeah, he's not good I at this movie. Like, he could not match Kate Hudson's energy to save no. his life. And he could boy, not rise to that level. Isn't it like a problem where when the central crux of your movie is like two women are kind of in love with the same guy, I want to have an affair with he's my... He's such a dud. And he's so fucking boring. Yeah. Like he's kind of good. He, like he's good looking in the sense of like if you saw him, he's like, like, like yeah, button. sure, he's good looking. But like there's just so nothing there. And it's just like, it, it's just like why are these women ruining their lives for this guy? <laughs> like, like what would possess undoing themselves? Yeah, especially uh, well, yeah, for for him. Yeah, I I I do sort of wonder a little bit. Like, it does feel like I don't know. Maybe Jennifer Goodwin should have gone with John Krasinski. You know, like John Krasinski. Like he's he's a good looking guy. She he's like living smart, it up in, in funny. London. He moved to London. You could get out of Darcy's hair for a while. Wouldn't that be great? Um, I think John Krasinski's pretty solid in this movie. As yeah. I said before, there are a lot of lines where he says them as though they're supposed to be jokes, <laughs> and you can tell that like they thought they were jokes. It's a but rhythm of a joke, is right. there? And so he's like, you you sort of feel as though he's told a joke, and not a real joke, but an incredible simulation of one. And uh, it is a weird thing that I'd also remarked on when we were watching earlier that like John Krasinski never did a rom com really. Like it feels like the guy who was the romantic lead in The Office should have been the lead in a rom com. Yeah, and I guess yeah. the closest he really got was that License to Wed movie, maybe, with Mandy Moore. But he oh, thought it was more yeah. of, like, a calm. Didn't that also calm. get, like, buried, basically? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be a piece of crap. I mean, too. that movie basically doesn't exist. Yeah. 
It, it doesn't. And <laughs> he was like minor characters in two Nancy Myers movies. Yeah. And so it just sort of feels like at some point she should have been like, and you'll be the lead in another rom com. Right. And, and just he had a weird quirk. He went from like that to like uh, Jack Ryan. I know, to like everyone's to, like, now he does everyone's conservative dad's well, favorite T V yeah. star. And now he's well he had that good news thing that he sold and then he has Quiet Place, which I think he's still writing and directing. He did, and like I liked Quiet Place and like Quiet Place Part Two, but like it is a biz- it is a really strange trajectory, you know, because I feel like if you compare it to something like Friends, where it feels like every actor in Friends was, like, shoved into rom-coms by the studio relentlessly, being like, no, one of these is going to click, you're right. going to figure it out. And, like, it really, truly None never worked did. for it. Like, I mean, that one rom-com. What's that? Remember? We didn't watch it. License what? to Wed. Oh, yeah, we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we were just talking oh, about just... that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's about all I've got to say about John Krasinski. I don't know. Is anyone else, like, worth talking about in this movie, like, at all? So. No one else really registers. No. no one matters. Should we get to fixes? Yeah, let's get to fixes. Do you mind if I go first? No, go Mine's for it. very... I, I, have a, I have a sketch. Get right. right there. I found this movie hard to fix because I found it hard to care about. Um... I I kind of I mentioned this earlier in our discussion, but I was intrigued by this idea of kind of falling out of love with these like halcyon memories of your childhood and that whole thing. And I liked this idea that like when Jennifer Goodwin goes to law school and meets Dex, my thought is Kate Hudson goes is in some other school, but they're they're apart. And that some amount of time has passed since graduation and Jennifer Hudson's like living up her, like, normal life or whatever, and um, we'll say, like, gets a, like, wedding invitation to Kate Hudson and Dex's wedding, and they're going to do this big wedding weekend at the Hamptons' house, and that's where she, like, will see John Krasinski again and all of these people, and I think she goes into it thinking, oh, my God, this, like, amazing friend group from before, it's going to be so much fun, and I think maybe through that experience kind of realizes, oh my God, no, actually, this has all been just like a toxic mess from the start. I don't really even need these people anymore. I've grown into a place where I'm I'm good. And I think I would like the idea if like Dex, who they maybe had a crush or maybe even just fucking dated in law school. Um, I think there could be that temptation, but I think I want Jennifer Goodwin's character to be like, oh no, I like, that's like, Going deeper into the toxic crevasse, I'm I'm out by. Oh, I I can go. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't have much. We talked about it uh, as a possible story fix or as a possible reading of this movie, but how like uh, really what's going on is that everyone in this movie is toxic with each other and they shouldn't be friends. And I think that there's a reading of this movie where like Darcy and Rachel have just sort of fed the worst parts of each other for their entire lives. Darcy is insensitive and self-absorbed and doesn't naturally think of other people, and Rachel never puts herself forward. So. She was encouraged never to think of other people because Rachel never spoke up for herself. And likewise, Rachel never uh, was encouraged to speak out and put her foot down because she just let Darcy walk all over her. <laughs> uh, and this went on for, like, years until it spiraled into the situation with ducks. Um, and I don't want to make that movie because it's a bummer. Right. But that's yeah. one way to do this movie where you focus on that. And in that movie, I think it, it's just a comedy drama. And in the end, everyone walks away and nobody ends up together. And and they don't stay as friends or or they seek therapy that thirty years too late. Jesus Christ, <laughs> right? But you know that I don't want to write that movie because it's not a rom com anymore. Yeah, but that's what I think that this movie as is should be. Um, what I got is uh, Rachel and uh, Evan are the only two sane Ethan. people. Ethan, yeah. Darcy and Dex are nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, the relationships are the same. Okay. Where mm-hmm. Darcy is Rachel's ridiculous best friend since childhood. Dex is her friend, is Rachel's friend from law school. Um, she did have a crush on Dex. She does directly admit it's Dex, but she's well over the crush by now. But her drunken confession causes Dex to spiral out and and want to, like, be with her. And, and Rachel wants no part of this. Right. It's like, no, this is fucking nuts. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I am not getting involved in this drama. And not she needs an emergency out. Uh, and she seeks out her friend Ethan to, like, pretend to be uh, having an affair with him to put off Dex to, like, avoid getting into this drama because Dex is now pursuing her. Uh-huh. And she's just like, I'm not going to be responsible for breaking up this wedding. I'm not going to have... I do not want to have an affair with you. Uh, and so it's a more traditional rom-com where it's about two best friends who realize they love each other, but uh, in this case, not... Ethan doesn't hasn't been loved there for the whole time. And uh, it's just a fun, lucky comedy where it's like, I need you to pretend to be having an affair with me because... 
Uh, otherwise, I'm going to be responsible for breaking up my best friend's wedding. And really, these two people deserve each other the both months. <laughs> <laughs> Let them both burn. Yes. Yeah, I like that actually. That's yeah, that was, that's a good that's a good solution to this problem. Yeah. <laughs> I also kind of had two ideas. One of which is a whole lot more nebulous than the other. Like the one nebulous one is like similar to how you said like. The one version of this is a depressing movie. My right. one version of this is a depressing movie is where it's sort of a similar beginning where Kate Hudson and Jennifer Goodwin, like, were friends growing up. They all knew each other. Um, Jennifer Goodwin had a crush on Dex in law school, and, like, then they eventually sort of, like, went their separate ways and didn't see each other for a while. Years later, she meets up with Kate Hudson, and, like, they bump into each other, and she's like, oh, no, Kate Hudson. Like, Kate Hudson's like, let me sh- show you my fiancé. And, oh, no, it's this guy who, you know, I-, I went to law school with, and I had such a huge crush on at the time. She She's so bad for him. She's such a nut nut. Like, what a, what a horrible relationship it's going to be for him to be in. Like, I have to free him mm-hmm. of her manic shackles in order to, like, show him, you know, like, like oh, like, I could have been such a, like, a better partner for you if only you had seen this at the time. And you still, like, John Krasinski got to the side being like, ooh, not a good idea. And I think, like, throughout the course of this movie, what, like, Jennifer Goodwin eventually realizes is, like, no, I'm actually just as bad as Kate Hudson. Like, I'm this actually, like, what's my that? My best friend's wedding? What's that? Is this, like, my best friend's wedding? I suppose it is sort of like my best friend's yeah. wedding, yeah. I didn't think of that at the time, but you're oh. right. <laughs> similarities yeah. actually between, this, yeah. the, between the premises yeah but I think it's just sort of like her coming to the realization the fact that like I, I thought that like you know I was the lead in my own rom-com yeah, yeah. but it turns out that like no I'm a monster like I've done, like, yeah, you're in that case right like I've done horrible things and like if you were meant to be with this woman then that's a decision you have to make and you have to commit to it if not then I hope you figure it out for yourself and so like obviously she doesn't get with anyone at the end because it's her just sort of realizing like things that we think are charming in a rom-com actually in reality are terrifying and you don't do them the other one that I thought would be is that what if kind of everything that happens in the first two thirds of this movie happened in act one? Jennifer Goodwin hooks up with Dex. Maybe they have sex. Maybe they meet each other a couple times. And then at the end of act one, like Kate Hudson finds out about all of this. And mm-hmm. so I think you probably still have Ethan there. He's not in London. But like the rest of the movie is then just like the four of these characters exploring like what is their relationship now? Now that like uh, these characters have done these, like these three characters have all done like various horrible things. It's kind of like yeah. how does this affect us from this moment on? Because the movie doesn't want to deal with that fucking at all like Ever. in this movie there's literally a scene where like it's a one minute fight right where like the two friends have a fight and Kate is like I never want to see you again and it's like two months later they run into each other on the street and they're kind of civil with each other yeah. this movie does not care about that I think it'd be much more interesting and I think you can still do it with kind of like a levity and a sort of lightness to it with the fact that like maybe it's just you know Kate Hudson was also feeling a little bit like iffy about this whole prospect so it's not like her life is destroyed it's more just like do I have an out now like what like what does he actually want what do I actually yeah. want like what are we all doing here so it's kind of an exploration of what do they all mean to each other at this point if we have to assume that like starting off this weekend or whatever we all thought like oh you two are a couple you're gonna get married I'm your best friend I'm her best friend and now it's just sort of like uh, actually all the roles that we had previously thought ourselves into are wrong it's out the window maybe it all takes place over a weekend at the Hamptons or something so it's like the four of them sort of like this is play now yeah Yeah, I basically that sounds like a really interesting drama I'd love to see Um, I mean here's the thing is like we kind of treat this is an interesting take because we try to have to treat this kind of thing all the time but well this is unforgivable in this thing but like not necessarily in this case especially like everyone's fucked up clearly everyone's was making the wrong decision anyway and so like maybe you maybe maybe like yes you're all angry at each other and you've all fucking fucked each other over in some way but realistically there's something can be salvaged out of that right I think it's also just sort of like if you want to do the legwork you can have them come to terms with it yeah and still have it be sort of what is a rom-com yeah, grafted yeah. onto this the one thing that is potentially kind of interesting about this movie is like the fact that one everyone makes terrible decisions and two their character dynamics are all kind of nuts in this movie so like yeah, if yeah. I was going to stick with anything from this movie I would sort of stick with people do the dumbest shit possible and then they have to figure out okay so like what is our lives now basically like you know do you know when, what you've made what have I made the prequel to The Big Wedding. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god! I have made the prequel to The Big Wedding, yeah. haven't I? Holy shit! Yeah, you're right. This is the little wedding. I also, yeah. just apropos of nothing, I had a thought while I was walking to school today. Is this the direction that, like, Naomi and Eli could have gone? Yeah. This kind of, like, if toxic... Yeah. Interference. yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if random men hadn't wandered into their circles and, right. yeah, Eli didn't have an affair with her boyfriend, blah, 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 blorp. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh... Guys, would you recommend this? No. I don't think I would. 
I have such a weird relationship to this because on the one hand, like, no, it's shit. It's a bad movie. <laughs> it's dumb. It's too long, and I don't like it. But on the other wow, hand, she's like, on the other foot now, Brendan. I know it is. <laughs> but on, on the other hand, there's a little part of me that's like, this is such like a bizarrely misbegotten concept that like it almost bears watching because like I truly do think that like if you watch this movie going in blind, you will have no fucking clue yeah. what's supposed to be happening in this movie. And again, not from a creative way, from a like incompetence way. And I guess it is surprising to see them try to sell you this premise Again, in a straight-facedly yeah. rom-com format, and you're just like, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, and it, no. Is, it truly is just sort of like, like, what were you thinking when you yeah. made this movie? And I mean, also, the other thing is, it is something we always talk about, how we should watch the trailers to these movies more. I watched a couple of different ads for this movie. So many of them really put John Krasinski front and center, I guess, just because really? he was on The Office at the time, when arguably, of the four, he is the fourth least essential of the four main characters. Yes, yeah. And so much of it makes it seem like, oh, John Krasinski and these nutty women in his life like what's gonna happen next and so it is just sort of well it's cause when you have him and Colin it's like what you like you can't focus on Colin like yeah. what are you gonna do just like take a piece of cardboard slap a tie on it and be like it's Colin stack <laughs> it's um, so I don't know I can't fully 100% recommend this movie but there's a little part of me that says like it is a fascinatingly bizarre rom-com in a period like where we got just a lot of like hateful or shitty rom-coms this is hateful and shitty but also just like so strange yeah. you know like it's strange in a way that I don't think I've seen another mainstream rom-com be. Yeah, I would say like, yeah, if you're really out to get some some learning or experience out of it as a, a student of film, but it's not going to be a fun experience. For no, you. it won't be fun. You you won't enjoy yourself. No. no, it's not one of those fun bad movies to watch. No. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not good bad. It's yeah, just it's, it's, it is very bad. bad. It's boring bad. It's bad bad. Yeah, yeah. Even like the needle drops in it were bad. Yeah, it's all shitty. It's 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 incompetently it's directed, incompetently written. Music's bad. There's nothing. Yeah. There's really nothing much good to recommend you, aside it, from some of the performances. Oh yeah, if you want to see decent performances smothered by an atrocious script. Yeah, <laughs> and Colin Eaglesfield's there too. <laughs> Uh, all right, so facebook.com slash whywatchpodcast is our Facebook page. You can give us a like there. Dradpack.com is our website. As always, you can rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Uh, you know, give us five stars because we deserve it. Give us a licky lick. Yeah, give us a licky lick. Give us a little licky lick. Give us a little lick. A little lick. All right, so guys, this concludes our summer of weddings, summer of margs. Should we do a final buy it out to the tune of the wedding march? No, nope. Um, we should just buy it. I feel like you tried to do that with the big wedding I too, did. and it didn't take. We're not doing it. And we're just gonna say goodbye to our summer, goodbye to our margs, margs. goodbye to our weddings. Yeah. Bye. Bye.